You're listening to Unsung, a crack magazine podcast on Sonos Radio, where the world's greatest artists reveal their heroes who never caught the spotlight. Dizzy Rascal is one of the most influential British artists of the 21st century. Born and raised in East London, his musical journey started aged 14, rapping over jungle and drum and bass on London's pirate stations. In 2003, Dizzy released his debut album, Boy in the Corner, capturing the tension and isolation of inner city life through lucid lyrical storytelling and a groundbreaking production style, now known globally as Grime. Dizzy's unsung choice is Memphis rapper Project Pat. First making waves through collaborations with 3-6 Mafia, the hugely influential rap trio founded by his brother Juicy J, Pat's distinctive flow, playfully irreverent lyrics, and taste for minimal lo-fi beats gained him cult status and helped cement the South as the new cultural centerpoint of US rap. It's also a sound which, in the 90s, captured the attention of a young Dizzy Rascal, then a schoolboy in Tower Hamlets. Dizzy talks to journalist and documentary maker Kieran Yates about discovering Pat his affinity with Southern hip-hop, which led to a 2007 collaboration with Pimp C and Bum B of UGK, and what it means for music to be a product of its environment. Hey Dizzy, thank you for joining us to chat about Project Pat today. All good. So before we get into it, maybe you could sort of describe Project Pat to someone who had never heard about him, doesn't know his work. Project Pat is the, the hardest, most gangster, straight-up <laughs> rapper you ever heard. His songs are just super catchy, really simple, but just what he, what he said was real hard hitting. And then the beats that he rapped on, that hypnotic, like crazy. They, they weren't all crazy crossover, but definitely super influential. One of the most influential people in rap, I'd say. Especially where Southern hip hop has kind of become mainstream hip hop now. I mean, I, I know you love the whole scene. I know you love. I know you love a load of people that were doing doing that sound. But what is it about Project Pat over, say, like Eight Ball or or Juicy or Spanish Fly or someone? I like think that? Project Pat. You heard and understood everything he said. It was so clear. His voice was so distinct. Nobody sounded like him. I think it was like quite mathematical in a way. Like if it was in patterns, maybe I'll see it as like just basic patterns, but just a, a lot of character. Even though it was weirdly monotone. So I, I, and I think it was just the, the shit he said was just so outrageous to me you know? and, and funny and it shouldn't have been. And he does it without screaming and shouting. Mm. Are you a super fan? Would you call yourself a super fan? Definitely. I was listening to it today. I listened to um, Mr. Don't Play album. Where does it take you back to when you listen to it? I guess when I first listened, so that would have been around maybe like 99, 2000. Around them times when I was listening to it, I was still in school. There's still nothing like it. I know Crunk blew up and then all the kind of the trap music and drill was even kind of influenced by this, but still, there's still nothing that sounds just like it. No one sounds like Project Pat. There's been times on even on tour before a show, I'll play it to hype me up. Really? Yeah, 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 because it just, it just gasses me up and it's a similar tempo, it just, it just gets me wired. Which song would you listen to before a show? If you ain't from, if you ain't from my hood. Shit, sir. Since you niggas hate, then your plan didn't wizard. 
All in ATL, title tell to my bizzard Say you saw me with another gal, now don't be scared Make you mind as well to win your towel, use a fake Can you take me back to sort of like a younger Dizzy? What was that sort of moment where you first heard something? What was the song that you heard that you were like, okay, I'm hooked? I think the first song I heard might, might have not even just been Project Pi. It might have been um, Ass and Titties. Ass and titties, ass and titties, and big booty bitches, which was which was actually Three Six Mafia. But I think that's how I ended up getting into Project Pat. I can't remember exactly how, but I must have just started listening to everything that that label or that camp started putting out, and then that's when I heard Project Pat. And I was like, yo, I think I heard that album, and I was like, what is this? And it's just like I said, it's just really hypnotic. It's funny at the same time, even though it's super, super violent. To be fair. Like mainly violent, but the but some of the stuff he says it's a bit, I want to say cheeky or comical. Like you see when something just so so outrageous that it's funny. YouTube like that back then all I knew of them was what the album covers hmm. we didn't even really see them in Source magazine much so maybe a murder dog or one of them kind of magazines but, and, and then he spent a lot of time in prison so I think that's where maybe why he didn't blow up as much but where were you hearing the music because like presumably like were they playing Free Six Mafia on places like Deja and like and Rents no not at all I, I had a friend um, like who lived in the state behind me and his, his mum his mum was a friend of my mum um, he's actually on the first song I, I put out. One, no, one of the first songs I put out called Crying. His name's uh, Red Rum. He was into all that. He's the one who started showing me all this this southern down south rap. So all these albums with the pen and pixel album covers. So the early Cash Money stuff and then the Three Six Mafia stuff. I think he showed me the Cash Money stuff first, like BG Chopper in the City and all them kind of things. I remember looking at the album covers like, what is this? Like, is this a joke? Like, I've never seen no album covers like that before. And he played the music, and at first I didn't like it. I guess I was used to like West Coast hip hop, and then obviously. East Coast hip hop. What was this? It seems a bit basic and like different. I went into it, but then every time he had some, he bought another new record or CD. I still wanted to hear it. Like I got hooked. So all, all the masterpiece stuff and all that as well, all the No Limit stuff. And then somewhere along the way, I heard Project Pat. He just become my favorite. I've always liked Juicy J and all that as well, which is his brother. I don't think there's an album that I've played more than Mr. Don't Played. The only other album that's close is uh, All Eyes On Me, Tupac. Just the whole 3-6 Mafia, that, that, that sound has always influenced me musically to make Gram the way I made it, you know what I mean? That's that's the kind of stuff I was into. Yeah, is there a, is there a kind of equivalent to the sort of Roland 808 and you using Fruity Loops in terms of that lo-fi DIY tech? I never used Fruity Loops. I learned on Cubase. Okay. When, when I was using the studio, I would, I would have just been... It would have been a bunch of things I was using. So the program would have been, I'm sure it might have been Logic, 
and then whatever samples were just there laid out for me on the keyboard coming from whatever units, maybe um, the Proteus 2000, <laughs> stuff like that. But like I said, I didn't know. I was just had a bunch of stuff laid out and I'd, I'd just kind of play. Because you've done a lot of production, you obviously have that technical ear. So from a technical perspective, what were the things that you took from that Memphis sound at the time? The call and response and I love you, I guess. What would, it, what would I take? I think I just, just the dark vibe. Oh, you know, no, you know, you're right, especially with the I, I, I Love You, because that's something mm. that they did. Yeah, definitely. But that song was influenced by Jay-Z, Is That Your Chick? And uh, Ludacris, What's Your Fantasy? So I just wanted to, I wanted to make like, a hood anthem with, with a kind of boy-girl response. Leave me alone. Just moan and groan. She keep ringing me at home. These days I don't ask for my phone. That boy's some prick, you know. All up in my hair. Thinks that I care. Following me here, following me there. These days I can't go nowhere. But the dark sound and all that, I've always, because I just loved all the Three Six Mafia stuff and Project Pat. Um, there's also like. You're right about there being a sort of comic quality to like Project Pat that you probably wouldn't know unless you were a super fan and you'd heard all of the songs. I think you told me before that you sort of think that some sometimes people might see you as antisocial, but actually when you listen to the music, there's like you're you know you're funny on the track. And I wonder if there's I wonder if you see a little bit of that in Project Pat as well. Oh, definitely. Maybe not. You can run, but you can't hide. I don't let you slide. Step with gun, get your mind right. Or a homicide shall be done. TKO style, thug life is wild. On the run, do it dumb shit. Bastard up a child, stand your ground. Hold your own to this to regulate. I'm a clown on a damn boost. He's obviously a dude of a sense of humour, innit? Like. Like I said, he says some foul stuff, but then he's still making effort to do... He's not just shouting and screaming and thingy. So they definitely, you could tell, they had, they had some fun in the studio making some of that stuff. Sipping on some scissor. Sipping on... Like, what? <laughs> who like, who could come up with that? Sipping on some scissor is a good example because it was, it was one of those tracks that if you weren't from Memphis, you might not know. But if you were from there, it was like, this was so such an indication of the scene everybody got it and it was like a way of sort of declaring that they were here to the world Tell me a little bit about listening to music, being a fan, and then working with Bumby, because presumably you went over there, right? So can you tell me the story? And so when, then when I started going out hanging around with Bumby and that, it was cool because he just really just was just cool with me for who I was. And like, it was very open-minded about just hip-hop and just understanding that I was just another branch of the culture just as a musician and even as like, I don't know, another black man across the pond. He hadn't met many people like that. And then as someone that was a fan of his, I got to see the kind of environment where that music comes from. What's happening? You boys talk about that crack again? Because we don't believe you need more people. Y'all might as well just pack it in. Show me the paper you stacking in. So we shot that in Third Ward. It's not even there no more. But yeah, Third Ward in, in uh, Houston. 
I rolled around in them 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 big old school cars with the candy paint. <laughs> like I, I ate all the soul food, also whatever was just around some some serious gangster shit as well. Right. Like high level shit, low level shit. Just just and seeing all the politics of it, little things about you had to get a blessing to do the video shoot in the first place because the place where you were doing it, they were at war. People coming around sh- shooting up the area, so you had to keep your eyes over just stuff like that seeing crazy poverty what impact did it have when you listened to the music did you feel like you understood it better definitely definitely i saw that it was a it was a real thing and how how it fed a lot of people and how like how many so many aspiring rappers coming from drug dealers or whatever other hustles pimping whatever other slick stuff was being done even going to the studios to see how more importantly let me add going to the studios and seeing how they work how quickly the guys work like they just get to it see trade the truth i don't i don't even think i i don't think he even written anything down i think that was the first time i see somebody do that and just seeing seeing how how much people depend on the culture yeah when you saw the kind of musical community like you know guys in a room spitting i guess or just rapping together how close did it feel to your experience of doing that here it was friends? interesting it was um that aside you know watching go go into the clubs seeing how the clubs were. Some of them reminded me of the early clubs that I was at, like the Palace Pavilions or the Stratford Rexes and that. It felt, it felt similar. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's just super hood. I remember smoking too much weed. I, mean, <laughs> I remember we went to, a, um, it was a Sunday, I was in Houston and Bun took me to like a, a soul food spot. Yeah. So I hadn't eaten and I kept smoking. And um, <laughs> I remember we was, in the, we was in the queue getting food and yeah. like I just felt a bit light. I looked at it and I passed out and he was not impressed. I'll never forget that. He was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy with me. Yeah. It's it's just fine. And just the music, the spirit of it. It's even something that's just so like real. The the vibe of the music is just just well produced. I think he just gets that fine balance. What's the balance then? Are you trying to tell me that you're driving around Bow listening to Chickenhead right now? No, nah, but I was listening to well, I was listening to that album in my kitchen like this morning doing the hoovering do the neighbours complain my neighbours are far enough to where like they don't hear nothing <laughs> why do you think Project Pat is an unsung hero why do I think Project Pat's an unsung hero I, I don't know I think because he, he um he's super influential so all the all the big all, everyone like from Jeezy to um T.I. to even Chief Keith and all that grew up listening to him I just think he actually went to prison a lot so he, he, those ch- he, like those chunks didn't allow him to think because 3 Six Mafia did end up blowing up but even he was in prison then I think so he, like, he, he missed that on a, on, a, on, a, on a lot but it's also mad because even I don't know if you feel the same I don't know if you're doing like deep dives on the internet looking at old reviews of Project Pat albums <laughs> but I was looking at some and it's so funny because like some of those like rap forums don't even exist anymore and you weren't getting the kind of album reviews in like all of the mainstream press so it was really the heads that were really into it but I came across this one in 2004 and I was thinking of you because you know they're talking about 8 Ball and they're talking about Project Pat and they described Crunk as being like dirty and grime soaked and that's that's kind of it isn't it it's like maybe there was just a part of you that was just drawn to it because you could hear it yeah and it it was his music again so think about it crunks chanting jumping up and down like it's i don't want to say dance music 
it's like rock and roll, heavy metal was, I don't know how to explain it. It's jump up music. It's like, Mm-mm. it's hooligan music. Because even though there's part of it is street and all that, when it's the fact that it's played for is for people to jump up and go mad. And even for, what's that chorus? Fight, 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 fight. They've, even, they've been sued because someone got beat up in the crowd and shit like because they was like saying they incited the crowd to beat each other up. So much of the jump up stuff now, even Travis Scott, the kind of, vibes that you see at those big shows now like Amigo show or Travis Scott show 36 Mafia were doing it on a smaller level all the way back then off the back of like say Skinny Fly and all that so it, it, Project Pat so he, he set so much look he, inf- he influenced me crazy now that enough time has passed and you know that they influenced you when you listen back to something are you like actually I can I can hear the grime sound like if you were just coming to them for the first I time I completely hear Project Pat in Skepta with um, it ain't safe on the block, not even from the car. And the flow that Skepta uses is is the aggravated robbery flow. You pay, Black leather boots when I run into your home. Ring, ring, pussy, it's your mummy on the phone. Niggas wanna kill me, tell them go and get your Uzi. Barry got the weapon in the pocket of the Subies. See me on the cat, you see me in the movie. I mean, that's like blatantly. I remember, I, I remember showing Skepta Three Six Mafia and Skepta Project Pat. He'd never heard it. Really? Yeah, blatantly. It's like so he become a fan. If you listen to Skepta's music now, you'll hear loads of that because it's fact. That's what it does to you. Like it just is so influential. It takes you. Out. You just I can hear it in loads of people's music, even in slow tire to an extent. Not that it's intentional. I don't know, but I feel ASAP Rocky and all that all definitely grew up listening to that stuff. They've been crazy influential, isn't it? But they're not grime. But but they're guys that have definitely embraced grime do you feel like there's a kind of affinity because a lot of that music was was kind of reacting to the fact that it felt like la and new york had the monopoly on all the sort of rap music that was coming out in the kind of the same way that was happening in london it felt like at one point it was it was sort of a reaction it was a reaction to like the u.s dominating that sound and so it was like okay we're going to make our own thing which sounds really like us and I guess sort of both of you were doing the same thing at the same time, which was just trying to make music that sounded like you and not like New York or LA rappers. Do you think that's true? Yeah, you just kind of end up kind of just building your, because you, because you, you genuinely just have a fan base, like just your, I guess your peers, your area. Yeah, you're just trying to make music for your area, I guess, or your people. I got the spirit of what they were doing because I like to make dark stuff that make people jump up and down and go mad. <laughs> and they do, yeah, they, like I said, they're super influential on me. Just even just the simplicity. All projects, Pratt's verses are like hooks. They're like choruses. That's how, that's how straightforward he's, you know what I mean? Yeah, when you listen to something like Don't Save Her, it's like, that is just a story about a girl. Like, that's just, that's like a Jezebel type song. It's like, this is just telling you, this is the girl I know, this is what's happening and it's so universal. Yeah, super universal, yeah, cause it, and it happens all the time and yeah, but it was like, it was cheeky and funny, like, like yeah, and it, yeah, it was so hardcore but super entertaining so so worked, it worked. You can't turn a whole entire housewife, man. I love her, man, I love her, man. This man, man, I love her, man. I gotta marry her, man. I'm gonna marry her. She don't wanna be saved, don't save her. She don't wanna be saved.
any slang that you learned from listening like a memphis specific slang that you learned from listening to project pat and 36 mafia i'm guessing anna is short for animosity i'm, I'm guessing i still don't know but um right that's the first one that comes to mind <laughs> you should have asked bun b well, well, anna i could still ask him yeah i'll ask him now if you want <laughs> bun will say he'll call me like if you answer the phone and say rude boy <laughs> when we end the conversation he'll, he'll say safe <laughs> Old man, now I was just telling her that you call me rude boy. You call me old man. Fucking hell! <laughs> I've I've got a question for you. It's it's about Project Pat. You've obviously come up in the conversation heavy, innit? What what does Anna mean? Animosity. Oh, so I was right. Yeah, <laughs> I guessed it. Yeah, yeah. Because she asked me about if there's any slang, and I always I wondered that. Yeah, Anna, it's like short for animosity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That was actually Thank it. You. That's all. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Any, any other southern detail fact checking you need, just hit me up. I got you. Uh, safe. Bless up. <laughs> safe. See, he said safe. See, it's a shared education. It's a shared education. I've, that's look. It's taken me how many years of knowing him to even bother asking that? About fifteen years. If there's like any sign-off thing that you want to say for anybody who's listening to this, any younger or anyone who's coming to Project for the first time, what would you say to them? Play it loud, man. Play it with some bass. Give it some damn respect. Dizzy, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Nice one. You bought an LB state at your mammy house and keep a smart mouth. It's Project Pat, Memphis 10, represents the South. So pass the Jojo, and we gon' stay kicking. Pull up that Momo, holla at You've been listening to Unsung, a crack magazine podcast on Sonos Radio, where the world's greatest artists reveal their heroes who never caught the spotlight. Thanks to our guest, Dizzy Rascal. It was hosted by Kieran Yates and produced by me, Eliza Lomas. This episode was mixed by Becky Street. The series leads are Duncan Harrison and Luke Sutton. To keep Quack Magazine independent, visit quackmagazine.net forward slash support.